0: Welcome! You're listening to the Every Day is a New Day show. I am your host, Kim O'Neill, and this is the show that reminds you we live in a world of infinite possibilities. You are more amazing than you know. You are never alone, and the one with the power has always been you. I speak with awesome guests who have inspiring stories and tools to support you on your journey forward. Every day is always a new day, and your day's looking pretty bright. Welcome to Every Day is a New Day, the inspirational interview show about moving forward beyond challenging times. And over the next hour, we're going to be speaking with Carrie Hummingbird. She is a life catalyst, energy medicine practitioner, award-winning author, and absolutely an inspirational speaker. And we're going to get to know about her, but really excitingly, we're going to hear about her Skills Not Pills movement. I'm really excited. Can you tell? (laughs) So we're going to hear about her Skills Not Pills movement, learn more about her, some of her challenges and how she's moved forward in life, and other work that she is also doing. If this speaks to you, I want to let you know that we invite you to call in as a guest on today's show. And you can do that. I'm going to grab the number right here. You can do that by calling into Let's see, 888-429-5471. And uh, just as a reminder, this is the Every Day is a New Day show on Station 2 on VBS. So that's 888-429-5471. And with that, we are going to get on with speaking to our guest.
1: So hello and welcome, Carrie. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. As usual, Kim O'Neill, every day is a new day and you are empowered to have it be wonderful. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Well, you know,
0: I'm so excited about this because this is your second time here on the show. You were, it was just so amazing having you on the first time and now to have you on again, talking about this subject, which is so important, so relevant to today, um, to so many people's lives. I mean, it's a very, I think it's a topic that probably hits home for a lot of people um, and maybe in some new ways. So I love that you've been so bold to bring this to the forefront. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to talk with you about it. Um, any thoughts on, on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited about the movement. It definitely hits home for a lot of people. Uh, And, you know, right up front, I want to say, this isn't about pill shaming. So we're not going to shame people that are taking pills. This isn't about shaming anybody at all. I personally took the pills. I took a range of those antidepressant, anti-anxiety pills. uh, Right after the birth of my first child when I was 30 years old, I'm now 49. So about 13 years I took them because I really, that was the solution that I was given. And I think in many of our cases, that's the automatic go-to of traditionally trained medical people, like your psychiatrist, your psychologist, your medical doctor. Like these people tend to say, hey, here's a pill, fix that, you know. And, you know, we're kind of like branching out of that now because after 13 years of doing that, and my life was still getting increasingly weird, strange, my marriage is, you know, all kinds of things are happening and it was not fixing it. So I had to find another way, you know, to fix it and uh, to come to a way that I could, you know, as many of your guests share on the show, find happiness within myself. And it wasn't through the pill. So this isn't about pill shaming. This is just saying we kind of been domesticated to, to go to the pill first. And what we're saying with the skills not pills movement is maybe that's a puzzle piece right now in your puzzle. But your puzzle has so many other possibilities of pieces that we want to talk about.
0: I'm so glad that you started us off with that because I completely agree. This, there's no shame whatsoever. The way I look at it as we're just we're adding to the toolbox and saying, oh, hey, look, here's something else. We can expand on where you've been and and give you something else that may help you. And um, But so before we get fully into the movement, would you share with us a little bit more about... What was going on in your life 13 years ago that led to you seeing a, a therapist that, who suggested you taking pills and what was, what was part of that, what was that journey about for you?
1: Well, I have had a lifetime in psychotherapy. I mean, so it began at one and a half years old, Wow. two years old, because I had some early childhood molestation actually from my natural father. And then my parents, my natural parents split up because of that, obviously my mother discover what was going on and at that point um she moved in with somebody who was very violent for like about four four years of my life like zero one maybe one and a half to five we lived with this man who was a violent drunk so during that time period i was doing a lot of self-harm like i was biting my arms and hurting myself. So my mother was obviously very concerned about that and taking me to a child psychologist. So I was in psychology from the time I was little, like born practically. And uh, so it continued. It was on and off throughout my childhood. And when I was 15, it kicked back up again because of puberty. So I was back in there and I got diagnosed at that point, manic depressive. And he said, well, you're probably bipolar, but we're not going to put it on your record. You know, (laughs) like there's a record. Anyway, so... Later in life, you know, in college, I went and see some again, you know, in college, because, you know, college is just challenging. Mm-hmm. And then after college, I met my ex-husband. And uh, and at that point, we I was going to therapy because I decided to move across the country all by myself <laughs> with no friends or anything. Oh, it was wow. very stressful. I moved to the Bay Area, and I knew no one at first. And I was living with people I didn't know. And I'd never been away from home besides college. And I was, like, freaking out. So I tend to put myself in situations where I'm stressed, so, you know, for growth. And anyway, so at that point I was in psychotherapy again, and then I went to couples therapy after six months of dating my husband. We started, my first husband, we started going to uh, couples therapy. That should have been a clue. Um, And then when I had kids, so when I got in the medicine, the medicine was, so like, you can just see, like, lifetime of psychotherapy because that was what I was told was the solution. And. I guess I wasn't very bright because I kept doing it even though it wasn't work. I mean, that's sort of like the definition of insanity. Like it's not working. So keep doing, it, you know, like keep going. I just, I wasn't going to give up, you know, I was like, I can't give up on me and this is the only solution. So I've got to keep doing it. It's not working, but like someday it will. You know? well,
0: well, but that's, <laughs> we think that other people have the answers, right? They're the supposed experts. And so we do what they say. And if we, you know, if, I think so many of us, we just get caught in this, you know, oh, someone else knows better than I do. So yes. we don't think to check in with ourselves. Wait a second. Is this actually benefiting me? Am I actually seeing the results or improvement that I desire? And it, so. You know
1: what's tied up in that? Yeah. Okay. There's a couple things wanting to be accepted by others. Yeah. And, um, and then the diagnoses, those are so shaming And they give you an identity, you know, like I am this thing. And, you know, now that I know the power of I am, Mm. I'm appalled. I am appalled. (laughs) Like we put (laughs) diagnoses on people because I know the power of I am. It's like, so I am thrilled that I no longer identify myself that way. However, so we talked about the, the pills. So, yeah, by the time I had kids, so I had my first child at 30, And I, all my early childhood stuff came up because when you have children, that's what happens. Like all your buried traumatic stuff from your childhood, whatever there is, comes to the surface.
0: Okay. Got it.
1: And for me, I was like in the shower one day after my baby was born and I'm looking down at the drain and there's a black hole, a huge gaping black. I'm seeing a black hole in the shower. I was like, this isn't good.
0: (laughs) It sounds like it was a metaphor.
1: No, I like, I saw it. I actually saw a black hole. I was sober, you know, I was sleep deprived, I but I okay. mean, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm like, this isn't good. I am in a dark place. This is what oh. must, must, must be a dark place. That's what they say. Right. Okay. I'd always heard that, but I didn't know what it meant until that moment. Okay. And I said, so I went and got, I went to postpartum depression group. It was a group of us that were moms and postpartum depression, some of us more serious than others. And at that point, yeah, that was a critical moment. So it's sort of like you need to pull yourself back from the edge. Perfect sense to take a pill, correct? Mm-hmm. Like get yourself rational Yep. so that you can then cope and then you can pull yourself to a higher place where you might actually be able to shift using skills. Mhm. Okay, so uh, that's where I entered. But the, the problem is I didn't. Even though I kept going to the psychotherapy, it wasn't advancing me to get off the pills. It wasn't working. It was like keeping it was like spinning me in place with the story.
0: So let me just first backtrack just for a second because we're not so I, you know, just going back to how we're not pill shaming anybody. What do you think would have happened had you not started with the pills?
1: I think at that point in order for me to have progressed without the pills, I would have needed to learn about alternative healing. I would have needed to learn about subconscious healing. I would have needed somebody to say, "Hey Carrie, it's quite possible that what you're experiencing is some early childhood trauma that got triggered by the birth of your son, your child. Why don't we take a look at that using some other means?" You know, why don't we explore that?
0: If if you had not taken any pills though, it's I mean It sounds like, even though you literally saw a black hole, it sounds like falling down that black hole is what was next.
1: Yeah. If I didn't take the pill at that point, given the fact that all I had was psychotherapy as a solution. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I I, literally, there were many times I wanted to jerk the wheel. Like I was on the freeway, the kids were, the kid child was in the back crying and I wanted to just like, I'm like, there's the divider. I could just, you know, so
0: the the pill help us to put the brakes on to not fall down that black hole and yeah.
1: just sort of say, wait, halt for me. That's what it did. Yeah. It was a, it was an interim solution. Okay. Okay. So then and the we- problem is, but, okay. But I want to add on that. The problem I found with it though, the reason why it's effective is because it numbs you. Ah,
0: okay. It, okay. gets a neutral place. Sort of.
1: It gets you in a neutral place where you're not experiencing like the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. but it numbs you so you don't actually so now you can't feel and you're not yourself like i'm an artist i've always been very right-brained and very like emotion and passion is part of what, what i experience when i create art and i was creating art at the time and i couldn't access that place because i was on these pills oh.
0: so so you had okay so you had started going to a postpartum group and then you started taking pills at the same time, at yeah. the same time. Okay, and what about um, what about seeing an actual therapist? Were you seeing a therapist at the
1: same time? Yes,
0: okay, so I had then, all kinds
1: of therapy, like I would probably, you know, six hours a week in therapy of some kind. Oh my goodness, yeah, just to cope with my life and myself <clears throat> and all the things that were going on in my subconscious, you know, and my I was I had a lot of trauma zero to five, you know, so I'm not typical. I don't think, I hope not, of out there. But I know that people experience postpartum depression and things happen. Things come up that they don't expect. Like even if they had a great childhood, then all of a sudden this stuff comes up and they're like, where'd that come from? So what happened next?
0: You're doing therapy, you have a support group, and you're taking pills.
1: Okay, so now here's the danger spot. This is my experience of it. And I think it's accurate because I know other people that do this. Okay. So the pills take the edge off. You get into a groove, you're coping, and then you go, I'm feeling fine now. So now I can have wine. I'm totally fine. I can party with my friends and have a glass of wine or half a bottle or a whole bottle. I can do that. It's fine. I know it says not to mix, but it's not a problem. People do that. And I did that. I did that for like 12 years. Oh my goodness! Off and on, you know, because I also had another child after that. So, mm-hmm. off and on, I was like, it's fine to have wine and take antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication, and and I would go, I would go off of it and go back on it, and then I would go on Weight Watchers and lose weight, and I'd be good for a while, and then I go. So it's like the numbing process. Like I was in a cycle of things would get better and okay, and then I would I would be like, okay, it's fine, I can party now. And then they go down again, so but you know that pattern is only there because there's a there's an aching need inside. That's what I finally had to realize the the core of the wound wasn't being resolved
0: right. Mm-hmm.
1: and so so then what
0: so they say that that's what therapy is for. So then what was happening in therapy if the core was not being resolved or healed?
1: So now here's the thing with therapy I realized. you know, I think therapists vary. This is part of the thing, yes. right? I agree. Yes. And I think we self-select therapists, you know, so I selected a therapist that just, you know, I had a good marriage counselor actually, but uh, that really, that did, was more proactive, more like a coach. But the other therapists I had would just sort of let you tell the story. Like I even had one therapist just sat there and wrote the whole, everything I was saying as I was saying it. And that was the whole session. Like I just talked for an hour and spend my story and they wrote it down and that was it. Now, that didn't help me. The thing that helped me when I I finally said I'm done with this because I just got this self shaming and the other. Okay, so there's a couple things. One, nobody called me on my BS. That's number one. Okay. Because they're apparently not allowed to. I don't know. There's some kind of guideline or rule with psychotherapy, like you you know you can't push somebody too fast or I don't know what the rule is, but they never provoke you. And I needed to be provoked. I actually needed somebody to say these things you're doing are not congruent or at
0: least to, to pose a you know? question to open you up to other possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to put out there, we're not pill shaming. We're not. I'm not, at least you tell me, Carrie, I am not therapist shaming either.
1: However, no. yes, they're, because they're trained certain ways and they're, and they they have guidelines they have to follow that are set in place by the regulatory bodies. Okay. So it's not the therapist. It's the whole industry. It's like the whole way people are trained. And the way that they're trained is, is actually driven in part by the pharmaceutical industry because they are major funders of these educational systems and they set the curriculum. So isn't that interesting? And I think it's mm. a conflict of interest. Hmm. I'm just gonna say that. So the actual healing that I received was number one, I got a spiritual counselor after I my whole life got trashed and I destroyed the whole thing. So that was number one. And then <laughs> well, that, that I turned the right. whole thing down. I said, "Forget it. I'm walking out of my marriage. I'm done with this crap. I'm out." You know, and I was convinced that I would just find Mr. Right. And I was fully in my patterns. Like I was, wow. I was not healed after 30 years of psychotherapy. I was not healed.
0: Okay, one more question. So you yeah. did, the, you did the on your pills, and now I'm taking pills with alcohol and that sort of cycle. Did you ever have a period where you said, "I'm doing great. I don't need pills anymore"? Yes.
1: I went off of them and I'd start crying. And people talk about this, like you go off of them and you think you're okay and then you can't stop crying. So I finally realized, why can't I stop crying? Because I don't like my life. Because I'm not in the relationship I want, I don't like myself, I'm not healed. After all this focusing on what's wrong with me, it didn't make me any happier. Talking about what's wrong with me for 30 years didn't make it better. I just spun the story tighter. And I realized after the fact, you know, that really like now I realize when I look back in the quantum, in quantum physics, I was like, I was the spider weaving the web of sad, miserable story around myself, the fly in the web. So I was the spider and the terrible story and the fly and I was doing it to myself and trapping myself in a terrible storyline that has a bad ending.
0: That is powerful, Carrie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was drugging myself on top of it with these pills, and then I was drugging intoxicating myself with alcohol. You know, it was a mess. Waiting to, It was just a train wreck, and it was a train wreck. So when I left my marriage, I just said, you know what, you're going to be happier without me, trust me. You know, by then... A, two years before I left my marriage, I got the diagnosis that I was borderline personality disorder. So how do you think that affected my self-confidence level at that point? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was awful. So I all, and I was acting out as if, so like, yeah, sure. All the things you're saying I was doing, but like, I've been in a lifetime of psychotherapy. Like, why isn't this working? Right. And they say, well, these people just can't be healed and you will not I will say if you talk to any psychotherapist or psychiatrist or like the last client they want to deal with is one who's borderline personality. They're like, we don't even want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Like we're not interested. We don't want that client. Like they'll say that they'll actually just abandon these people out there.
0: Okay. I'm curious when you, heard, I when you heard that, did you immediately just attach to that and take that on as your truth or did you? I did.
1: Cause I was like, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm a victim. See, I had early childhood abuse. I can't do anything about it. I'm wounded forever. And so now that forgives every action I ever take. That's completely wrong that I know I shouldn't be doing. I can do it extra now because it's not my fault.
0: Okay. (laughs) okay, Right there. I, we're not going to a break, but I just want to remind anyone listening in, if you'd like to call in and talk to Carrie, ask a question or anything, then yes, you are more than welcome to, um, because I think you can see how much courage it takes to talk about this subject. And I just love Carrie's knowledge and and no judgment, no judgment, seriously. And that's what it takes to be able to move, move to the next, you know, what's next, just to have a vision for what's next. And to me, that's what I see with Carrie's um, story and her movement. So I just want to give the number again. It's 888-429-5471. And that's bbsradio.com station 2. So, okay, let's continue, Carrie, with the story. Okay, <laughs>
1: because here's the cool thing. So I burned down the forest of my life. You know, I was having nightmares at the end of my marriage, like this, this like terrible nightmares, cold sweats. I mean, I, I didn't like myself. And I had this moment of eat, pray, love in the bathroom okay. where I was just looking at myself in the mirror saying, there is worth here. There is worth here and crying like, oh, my God, this is awful. I can't even cope with myself. This is terrible. How did I get here? You know, I'm, in, I'm an Ivy League college graduate. Like, how did this happen? I'm an A student. I'm, you know, I'm, I was trying to be perfect and I completely screwed up my life. So so I walked out of that marriage and I said, I'm, not, I'm just going to stop talking about it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop talking about it. And I did. And I drink and I said, I'm going to drink wine. I'm going to eat cake. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to have 15 guys on text and I'm going to stop talking about it. (laughs) And I did that for a while, you know, good times. (laughs) It was fun. I was like, yes, I had bubble baths. I wasn't being pestered by my ex-husband. It was very controlling. I was like, yes, this is awesome. But the problem is as after a little bit, it didn't take me very long to realize that I was my own problem. Like it was the only me in the house now, with my kids visiting every other day. So, if I had problems, it in the house now, it was really clear who it was. So it was causing those problems. And let me just ask you. Could be me.
0: <laughs> well, let me just ask for anyone who's curious too. What is your educational background in?
1: Oh, uh, you mean in college? Like yeah, college? in college. Yeah. So my background was um, English and computer science. I only took the computer science because my dad made me take it. And I had art. So I was art, an artistic kind of person. Okay. And I like to sing. and I'm very expressive. I'm a sage. That's what I am. Uh, clearly, for everybody out there, knows that I like to talk about it. So I'm a sage. And I didn't know that the way all the way through my life because, you know, we don't know these things till later. And then we get shamed for being who we actually are you know, so it's just journey of accepting yourself, but yeah. So, and I had 20 years in high tech, so I was a technical communicator, That's very effective funny. and, you know, well-paid and well sought after. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. No, I just wanted everyone to know that you go beyond this story, you know, that there are, oh, yeah, yeah but absolutely. There are other layers of carry. a lot of layers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> highly okay. paid consultant for 25 years. Yeah.
0: There we go. Okay.
1: And okay. So now,
0: so you're, so, so you're single, the kids are only coming over every other day or so, and you're realizing guys on text. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. The guys on text and it's, so, it really sounds like you had this kind of, uh, I don't know if this is the right phrase to use, but come to Jesus moment where you said you're looking in the mirror and like, I have self-worth and you're really like connecting in with you. What, what was that? It,
1: it wasn't that be- It wasn't that, um, pristine. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So no, the
1: truth, the truth the is. Truth. That one of those 15 guys, I was like, that's the kind of guy I wanted the whole time I was married. This is the guy. And he lived in Atlanta. And I was so, I loved him. I just thought he was awesome. And I will just name him Z. That's not his full name, but we'll call him Z. He's in my book, Awakening to Me. Okay. So I was obsessed with Z. I was like, oh, my God. I would think about Z in the bathtub, and he would text me. Oh. I was like, this is awesome right i was like okay and this guy wanted him i really liked him and i wanted him so but he was savvy he was like you know um and he used to call me pinky and he'd say pinky there's nobody that gets healed um a month after they walk out of their 20-year relationship and i was like no i am i'm fine i'm healed and he's like no you're not i'm not gonna i don't trust this you know yeah so i thought okay I'm a genie of kinds. So I thought, okay, if I, I can heal myself fast, then I can get the guy. Ah, so I started it. looking into like, what are fast modalities of healing? Cause clearly I have things to heal. You know, I'm going to shape this thing up quickly. So, you know, how am I going to do that? I'm very, I'm a very power driven person. So I looked into it and one of my friends said, you know, about this, uh, shaman, you know, the shaman. That uh, she went to and, and it really helped her. Okay. So I went home that night and looked up shaman in Austin. So what the heck? And I found one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I went to, his name was Gary Stearns. And okay. he, was, he ended up being my first teacher. So I reached out to him and he had a program called the Quest for Authenticity. And I thought, I probably need some of that. So I'm going to apply for that program. I'd like some authenticity. So I signed up and I went and talked to him. And, I mean, this sounds all tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, we're going to come out to a serious moment here. So what happened was I interviewed with him, and he said, you're perfect for the program. After I told him my whole life story, and I'm like, I'm just a frack. And and he looked at me, and he's like, you're perfect for this program. I'm like, really? Like, you want me in this program? Because nobody else wants to work with somebody like me. But you're saying yes. And he's like, yeah. So I signed up, and about a month in, We'd been meeting on Saturdays, and we—I got—I opened the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'd never okay. read that book before. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, that's amazing!" Like, don't take it personally, and he explains why. I wish I'd had that book in third grade. My whole my whole life trajectory could have been different, right? I, yeah, I just read that book. So I I was in this healing session um, with him about a month after we started, month and a half. And by, by now I kind of know to quiet my mind, you know, like I know my mind's telling me things and it's not telling me the truth. And I, by now I'm becoming aware that okay. a lot of that thought in my head mm-hmm. is jibber jabber and is my ego and is, is not true. And it's just like tapes running in my mind that are going to keep me from where I want to go. So I'm aware of that by now. And so I basically got into the, I'm, I'm lying on the floor and I'm like, this is stupid. Nothing's happening. It's ridiculous. Okay. But he's drumming and he's, you know, tuning in and he's having a vision for my healing and he's tuning in. So I'm like, okay, Carrie, just, just let it happen. What if it is working? Just, you know, pay attention. Okay. And the moment he stopped drumming, was the moment I felt a presence come in over me palpably felt it and it was like a layer of loving consciousness like I can't really explain it just felt like a layer something coming in over and hovering over me wow and he stopped drumming the second I felt that and that sure did shut me up because I thought okay that I feel that I don't know what that is. So then I really started paying attention, and he started pulling energy out of me, right, right around my heart. Okay. And I could feel him pull it out, and I could feel him flick it. And I was like, "How do I feel him flick that? Like, how do I feel that?" So I'm paying, I'm really paying attention now, and he's pulling things out of here and over there, and and then he puts this stick in my hand. And he puts it over my heart, and I burst into tears. Oh, my goodness. And I have no idea why. But just, like, soul-aching tears. Oh. And then he finishes, and he sits up. I, he, and I sit up, and he, he says, okay, we're going to just compare notes. And he tells me what he saw, which is my original wound, which is my being molested at one and a half. And then he tells me what was in the crystal, was a crystal that he put in my hand. Okay. And he, and he put in it my soul, my innocence, my early childhood that had flown away when I got scared at what happened. So, my whole life, I'd always felt this like shame around my heart. And all of a sudden, I never felt shame again. Like, I still haven't felt shame ever since then. It's gone. I don't have that experience.
0: Wow. It sounds, well, it sounds like in that crystal, he gave me back a piece of you.
1: He did. He gave he did a soul retrieval. So, okay. And so that piece of my soul, that really early childhood soul got reintegrated inside of me a couple of months later, actually standing in front of the bathroom mirror. I was like, where's that crystal? You know, like I couldn't, I was supposed to be keeping track of it. And I was, but then I thought we were done with the crystal. So I just put it away somewhere. And all of a sudden, I needed it. I was like, where is it? And I'm frantically looking for it, and I finally find it. And I pick it up and put it on my hand, and all of a sudden, I feel this, like, earthquake through my whole body. And then I feel this warm glow come over my whole being, like, expansion and warmth. Wow. And then I realize that I'm home. And (laughs) it was, like, so powerful. And so, like, okay. Now, if you listen to this so far, you're thinking, that is freaking cool compared to sitting on a couch and talking about my problems, <laughs> correct? I think so. I that's think... for sure.
0: <laughs> way is <laughs> it
1: this way more, like, fulfilling than verbally discussing my issues at some, like, minute, precise detail from my left brain? This other experience is unfathomable. It's mysterious. It's profound. It's fulfilling and it's, um, healing at a deep level that doesn't go back. There's no muscling it, you know, it's like with the psychotherapy way. And even with some coaching, like Mm -hmm. it's like, it's all will center. Like you've got to force yourself to like, muscle your way through it and cope and, you know, and be disciplined and self-regulated and all these really yucky things. Whereas this other way is like, it's a gradual unfolding and dawning. It doesn't mean there's not pain, there is pain, but you just face it in a different way. You just, it's a subconscious and it's an exploration. It's a curiosity. It's a, it's an inquisitiveness of what is this and what is it here to tell me? And And what can I reclaim of myself through this experience? And how can I evolve and expand? It's delightful compared to the other way I used to solve challenges. And it's quick, you know?
0: Right. Well, so what I hear is that that whole, that quote about um, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Yes. And you were in that space and all of a sudden. Desperate and willing to do anything. (laughs) You, I know, right? In the power of having a crush on a hot guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So, but the other thing I want to add, because I feel like I can hear some people saying like, what? You don't need, and I know you know where I'm going with this, Carrie, but let me just, for anyone who's listening going, what? I, I don't need someone to give me back my soul. or I don't know, what? Crystal, blah, blah, blah. There are so many paths that lead us back to home. There, This, is, this isn't necessarily about saying, you know, Oh, you have to go to a shaman and have to have soul retrieval. This was part of Carrie's journey and Carrie's healing. And, um, and so that's what's fascinating about that. But we're hearing about all the pieces that led her back to this space of understanding that skills were going to be the next, the, you know, the, where she's at today. And um, so we're just going to pause right there and go to a commercial break. But when we come back, I want to hear what came after that and hear about your your book coming out too and just all of it so so stay right there we're going to go to a break and we're going to come right back with carrie hummingbird no matter how your life looks today your possibilities are endless you deserve all the joy peace and excitement in life that you desire life doesn't come with a manual and that's why personal coaching is so awesome moving forward is easier creating a new reality for yourself healing your mind and body it's all possible visit kimonealcoaching.com today to learn more and schedule your free consultation
1: what books are you reading are you ready
0: for a must read winner of the inspirational book of the year award and international bestsellers dare to dream this life counts by debbie dashinger as well as the acclaimed wisdom to success the surefire secrets to accomplish all your dreams buy the books
1: from amazon today u.s book review and writer's digest said these are critics picks by debbie dashinger dare to dream and wisdom to success contain gems to live
0: your life by sometimes we wish we could practically do nothing and still feel better guess what kind of can when you schedule a reiki or guided meditation session you can just be and receive and allow the energy to shift there's relief these energy sessions can be done alone or combined with a coaching session find out more at kimoneilcoaching.com and click on the energy work tab do you have a published book that never reached its bestseller potential are you working on a book or ebook you hope to publish soon? Do you have a book locked inside waiting to release your message to the world? Go to MyBestsellerBook.com. My Bestseller Book will launch your book to a guaranteed bestseller status. Learn more at MyBestsellerBook.com. Right, welcome back to Every Day is a New Day. I'm your host, Kim O'Neill, speaking with Carrie Hummingbird, and we're talking about the story that led up to her Skills Not Pills movement. So, Carrie, right at the break, you talked about how you discovered this shaman and this whole healing experience, spiritual healing experience you had, and you felt whole. So, what came after that?
1: What came after that was the best part of my life so far. (laughs) I mean, Really, I realized that ever since I left my former marriage, I've been on the most amazing journey of discovering about myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, oh my gosh, ending a 20-year relationship and divorce, and that's just the most horrible time of your life. And I'm like, no. Like, it was amazing. It was the most amazing part of my life. And just to say, like, flash forward where I am today, I'm, I'm the founder of a movement, a global movement, Skills Not Pills. I'm a published, best-selling, uh, award-winning author. And I am married, again, to yeah. a wonderful man who I would really say is my twin flame, is my soulmate, is my, like, amazing life partner that I always wanted. And he loves me completely, and he read my books. So he loves me the whole me nice. Yeah. The whole journey, all of it, the good, awesome. bad, the ugly, the terrible, the you know, incredible, the whole thing, you know, and this, so is, for you. this is where people can get though, Kim. And I think people don't realize like when you take the journey, not only is it just totally amazing for yourself, however, your puzzle pieces fall into place because you're right. This was my journey. You know, my journey of awakening happened, Um, through a series of events that I really feel were synchronistic and organized for my benefit. You know, so that was my journey. And I really believe that each one of us is a unique thumbprint. And when we open to have the experience, when we open you know, to receive the teachers, when we say, okay, yes, I want to know, I want to learn, I want to understand this incredible intelligent consciousness that's completely loving me and guiding me and holding space for me, even in my resistance. When we open to that journey, it's incredible the things that happen. So, you know, I really, I want to encourage people to step into that personal authority And become the puzzle solvers of your unique puzzle of life, that unique journey, because it's yours and it's waiting for you to take the journey. And, you know, so when you can come at it from that perspective, like I am loved, I am guided. And oh, by the way, I'm in earth school and I'm here to learn and grow. Things totally shift into incredible journeys that we want to tell stories about all day long. I could tell you, so many stories, and I don't think we have time for all of them, you know, so, I mean, there's so many mystical journeys and experiences I've had that I could share that are incredible.
0: You know, as you were speaking just now, the quote, the quote that came to mind is, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom, and it sounds like that really applied to where you were, and you were ready to blossom.
1: I was ready to blossom and I was ready to have faith in myself and learn about who I am. And, you know, definitely moving from a space in my life where I believed I was wrong, broken, bad, diagnosed, you know, unfixable, right? Because they tell you, you know, you have these diagnoses, you'll never be healed, you know, and you'll be on the medication forever. You know, they tell you this stuff like it's dun, dun, dun. And so you can kind of get to this place where you understand I had to journey from that mindset to a mindset where I'm like, I can be anything like I am boundless. I actually transformed the word borderline into boundless.
0: Nice. Well, to me, what I'm hearing is you actually took charge. You said, no, that's not the end this diagnosis. And just because no one else can see beyond it, that is not my story. That's not my end. What comes next for me is, and then it's what you chose, what you chose for yourself. And uh, so what are, what were some of the, like, when you talk about skills, not pills, what are some of those skills that you learned and are now talking about in your movement and things like that?
1: Yeah. So the skills that I actually bring to the table here, so skills, not pills, movement, I want to say, first of all, is my intention there is to really showcase as many different Skills and avenues for healing and, and expansion as possible, because I really believe that, that the, you'll never know where you'll find that puzzle piece. It'll be someone's story that just resonates with you so deeply, and you're like, "I want to try that, I want to talk to that person." So I'm very open about that. I really believe that you know everybody will find the right teacher. So I'm, I want to expose all the teachers I can you know, as part of this movement and just really connect people with who they, who are they're meant to work with. So that's my intention in terms of the work that I do for people that are called to work with me, I teach uh, spirituality. So I teach how to build that really strong spiritual container for yourself for ongoing evolution. And the, you know, I have two guides for my work. I call them allies. One of my allies is Siro Kente, hummingbird, uh hummingbird is a major power animal for me, a pa- power ally. And a uh, hummingbird brings the magic of anything is possible. You know, the hummingbird takes long journeys with no idea where food is going to come next. And the hummingbird needs to eat like constantly, otherwise it will die. It actually, you know, it has to have constant nourishment throughout the day. And so it takes this epic journey with no idea of like how that's going to happen. Well, that's kind of what you're doing when you reinvent yourself. You're taking this in this epic, amazing journey, and you're discovering that you're loved and held the whole way. So that's that's my primary ally. And another one of my power animals for this work is mariposa, is the butterfly. So mariposa medicine, and you know, it's really fun because when you teach something, mm-hmm. you get to experience it fully first. So. Spirit knows that you could teach it. (laughs) I just had that experience
0: again. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm about to talk about this. I have to experience it. I have to relive it before I go talk about it. Great. So
1: I, have experienced butterfly medicine over and over and over again. And actually that's how I finally woke up. Cause I've had this, you can, you guys can't see it, but I've got this butterfly screen behind me. And if you watch any of my soul nectar, I have a soul nectar show. If you watch any of those, you'll see this butterfly screen behind me. I've had this for years, you know, cause I just, I loved it and I didn't think twice about it. Well, and, for, and for like about a whole year I was trying to figure out what's my, what am I teaching? Because I would pick something and then I wouldn't want to do it anymore because I would grow it. So finally I realized, oh, it's, I'm teaching butterfly medicine because that's constant evolution. It's constantly going through that cocoon to become something, you know, it's like when you, you start off as a caterpillar and the caterpillar I define as like, this is how I think I am, you know? So when we first start out, it's like, that could be the ego or it could just be the way you identify yourself, the stories you tell about yourself all the time, every day, you know, that's like your caterpillar. Well, when you want to evolve into the butterfly, you know, and this happens, like I said, in in cycles it happens over and over and over again so in one cycle caterpillar you go okay I'm ready to become you go into the chrysalis and in the chrysalis you're basically letting go of everything you're dismantling all the structures like everything I think is true everything I think I am you know all my domestication the stuff I'm not even aware of I try to see it you know so that I can release it let it go and invite in something that's even better, like something even more wonderful, something even more expansive. And then I allow you know, my innate design to come forward to bring me the things I deeply desire. So that's when you become the butterfly, you become what you desire and then it's right there. So this is all manifestation tied up in the teaching as well because I'm a master manifester. So that's... Kiri, what are your
0: thoughts about the joys in the journey?
1: It's all love. The whole thing is love. And, you know, even the difficult parts, you know, like my my 18-year-old son just uh, emancipated, got emancipated by family agreement, you know. And it's all love because, you know, and my throat's like choking up because I still obviously have some feelings about it. But, you know, I love him dearly as my first son. And he's he is now getting to experience, um, you know, stepping into being an adult for the first time in his life. And I am getting to experience the the relinquishing of that responsibility, like, oh, he's no longer my responsibility. And I'm getting to relinquish and say, and really honor, like, wow, here was this journey where he was my baby for 18 years, and now he's not my baby anymore. Like, that phase is complete. It's almost like, high fives, I did it. You know, he survived. Mm -hmm. And you know, wow, I'm really honored that I did that. Wow, look at the journey I've been on. And I want to let that go now because I want to invite uh, the new possibility. Like, who is he really? And what can our relationship be?
0: Ooh, I love that. Invite the possibility of who is he and what could our relationship be? Uh, so really to me, it sounds like you're answering the question, how does the situation serve me? How does this How does this situation benefit me? How do I grow from this too? And um, that's fantastic. You just opened it up to the possibilities again. So
1: Yeah, everything that happens is for a reason. And we often resist change. And a lot of times my mind, because I have, you guys have to remember, I had like 30 years of psychotherapy training. So my brain still goes into those default patterns of like telling the negative story or like looking for the problem instead of like going, oh, wow, this is for me. Let me put aside all my storytelling. Let me just dump all the stories. Cause I don't actually know. And why don't I open to find out what was intended? Like why was spirit wanting me to go through this experience?
0: Okay. So now Carrie, and I'm just being mindful of time because I want to get so much out of our last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Carrie, I want to bring it back to purpose. What are your thoughts about having a life purpose? Have you always, you know, how do you, have you always felt connected to a life purpose? Or did that come later on in your life? What, What comes up for you when you think about life purpose?
1: My purpose started coming in after I started my spiritual transformation. Okay. So eight years ago, uh, my purpose was to find a Hawkeye, you know? (laughs) Okay. You know? Yeah. And I tried to, I tried like heck to, to rope him into it. That was my purpose. But, you know, and then I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a famous artist. So that was my purpose. But when I opened to my spiritual path, I actually started opening my intuition. Okay. And when I started opening and, and also I could maybe hear my intuition because I started learning how to quiet my super busy free way of a mind because with all the honking and everything else, like I guess hard to hear anything. So, you know, I cleared that out and got some quiet space and I could start getting messages.
0: Okay. I want to, so I love that. I want to bring in another element. Um, cause I just want to, so, um, let me, <laughs> <ask you. laughs> it's my show and I want to, I um, okay. So let me ask you to what degree, if any, would you say that highway was filled up with other
1: thoughts than your own? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there are, this will blow some people's minds, but I can tell where people argue in their house.
0: Ooh, tell us more. Because
1: when you're aware enough, you know when you're walking through a thought cloud that's hanging in the air. Because, you know, thoughts are things. And thoughts combined with powerful emotions like anger, frustration, resentment, and all of that. They cling in the air, sort of like Scooby Doo fog. You know, have you ever seen Scooby Doo? And he's like, and he like cuts and pokes out the hole in the fog. It's kind of like that. If you're sensitive, you can start to become aware that there's actually like thoughts and emotions clinging to the air in your home. And you wonder why you keep getting re triggered by the same stuff. Yeah. Or like if you go to a mall, you're walking through all kinds of people's triggering thoughts. You know, I mean, like it's, Right.
0: So I want to bring this up because there are a lot of sensitive people out there that do not know that they're sensitive or know that there is such a thing as, Oh, I could be picking up on someone else's thoughts or energy or emotion. And although this may not be everyone's story, whoever has to go to a therapist and starts taking pills. I think this may, realize, you know, may pertain to a, a lot of people who may find themselves in that situation. And so that might be something to consider.
1: I'm really glad you brought that up because actually that's one of the things I realized um, in part of my healing work over the last eight years was that the real problem was I was an empath and I am an empath. As a matter of fact, I'm such a huge empath that I can almost shapeshift into another person. Like I can Ooh. almost become them. And people actually say like when I do healings with them, sometimes they actually feel my breath like on their cheek, you know, like they feel me there. So I, I'm actually like a complete rock star empath and I was picking up everybody in my family's stuff and not knowing that it wasn't mine. I thought it was my stuff and I didn't have good boundaries. So I'll I'll even have to work on that now. So like my mom's going through a really rough time. And after I talk about this, I'm gonna cut the cords. (laughs) So my mom's going through a really rough time. My dad passed away. And so she's in a rough spot right now. Well, if I tune into her, I'll start feeling really bad, really sad, really low, really negative, really like toxic. And so I've got to cut the cords, you know, and clear that you can already feel the energy coming in. It's like, nope, like that's her journey. I have to let her have her journey And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of empathic people, because we can feel what other people are feeling, we want to rescue them because we've got another really bad pattern in this culture called the triangle of disempowerment, rescuer, perpetrator, and victim. Okay. So everyone thinks they're the victim in this culture and the doctors are the saviors with the solution of the pill. Okay. So everybody's Just on this triangle in our culture and what really needs to happen for healing is to step off the triangle and become responsible, become the authority in your life, become the expert in your life, become the puzzle solver of your unique puzzle, and then let everybody else solve their puzzles. They signed up for that puzzle with compassion and love. Solve your puzzle, man. I'm rooting for you, you know, but I'm not going to solve it for you. I'll hold your hand. I'll, you know, but... Are, are there, are there any other tips
0: or, or skills you want to share right now about, um, for empaths who are just realizing or awakening to the fact that they're picking up on other people's energy and it's screwing them up other than cutting the cords. Is there anything else that, that yeah, you I
1: want to work with every one of them? <laughs> 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 I'm going to teach you what I know, whether you work with me or not. It's really important to learn how to discern your energy versus someone else's, your thoughts versus someone else's, your feelings versus someone else's. It's, and the way to do that is to first develop a really good shielding practice and develop a really good practice of knowing yourself in truth. So when you know yourself in truth, when you know your natural state and who you are and what your energy feels like, then you know when it's not yours you can tell the difference. You're like, Oh, that's not me. That's this other person I just sat, you know? So awareness is another big piece. Yeah. So this is all the stuff I teach. I teach a whole program, reinvent yourself. A lot of it is geared for empaths because that's the journey I've had. So I teach how to ground, how to shield, how to discern, you know, how to, how to put up boundaries, how to, you know, clearly communicate, how to get off the triangle. I have meditations and healings for all that. So I'm, you know, I, I really recommend it. If you, um, if you want to explore this, I actually offer a free book. I mean, the, the reinvent yourself book is free. And then it also comes with the next upsell is just like three meditations. One of which is a grounding and the other ones a shielding. If you only did that, you'd be like way hundred percent up from where you are right now, just doing the grounding and shielding every day. And it's like seven bucks for that. So. And where can people find out information on that? They can go to kerryhummingbird.com and it's K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com forward slash gift. And that gets you the free ebook, Reinvent Yourself. And then you'll get invited if you want to purchase the the meditations. I recommend it because that for $7, like that alone, if you just do that every day, you're going to be feeling so much better because you're going to be shielding yourself, filling up with light, being grounded, which is super important for empaths you know, especially if you've got a big light channel, cause you can tend to be out of your body a lot. Like, I don't want to be in here. This is really awful. You know? <laughs> heavy <and dense>. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's,
0: I, it's I identify heavy,
1: you know? with all this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um,
0: okay. So Carrie, I'm just, again, looking at the time. We have seven minutes left. Dang. Tell us, I know, right? Can we make it a two hour show? <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell everyone about your upcoming summit.
1: Yeah, so the Skills Not Pills Summit is in May for Mental Health Awareness Month. Nice. 30 days, 30 skills, 30 experts, and it's just the beginning of the movement. So at this summit, you'll be getting, uh, you can sign up for it at skillsnotpillsmovement.com, and uh, you'll get a, an interview every day with a free gift from the expert, and the interview covers a skill. That was my requirement of each expert. I want people to have a skill they can implement right away from listening to your interview. There's no fee for that. It's free. And, uh, and then the, every expert is also gifting something to the audience. So you'll get that when you sign up at SkillsNotPillsMovement.com. And then if you want to play with us on Facebook, we have a skills, not pills, movement, Facebook page. We're doing live interviews there uh, once a week, and that will continue through the rest of the year after the summit. So I'm going to be pulling in experts, As many different experts as I can get that do different modalities because you never know what your puzzle piece is going to be. You're going to listen to this one person and go, oh, my God, I need to do that. That's exactly right.
0: Okay, I know you sort of I think you said it at the beginning, but will you just say again, what is your intention or mission with the Skills Not Pills movement?
1: My intention is to help people step into personal authority over their lives and to start having fun with it, like to actually shift their perspective so that they see that this is actually a puzzle. And puzzles are meant to be at least interesting, sometimes yeah. frustrating, but mm-hmm. ultimately fun, correct? When you put a puzzle together, at some point you're putting it together or you get frustrated that you can't find the piece that fits in that spot, right? Like it's frustrating. Yes. However, you keep working on it because you want to solve the puzzle, and because you know it's possible. <laughs> the piece is there. The piece is there. Yeah. And the same is true here. The pieces are available. You can solve the puzzle. And you
0: know? um, and I wanna add the barometer is do you feel are, are you where you want to be? So the bra. if you if you're thinking if you're thinking but, the, you know, there's not supposed to be anything else, right? The doctor told me this is my diagnosis and that's that. How do you feel about that? Does that feel like your truth? Do you feel empowered? Do, do you have any thoughts you want to share on that? Yeah, my Carrie? thought
1: is, does, do, why would you let that into your reality? Why would you allow that to be part of your reality is the, is the question you need to ask. What in me allows this to even be part of my reality? And what reality would I prefer isn't even better question to ask like what more is possible and so i like to ask things like let's say i got a um some kind of well like i got borderline right Mm -hmm. so i was like i wonder what it would be like if i loved myself completely i wonder creator how what would happen how would it feel if i loved myself completely and when i ask that question i'm gonna get presented with a whole different set of experiences, then if I ask a question, I wonder, you know, show me creator what's wrong with me. Oh, geez. (laughs) I've got to find out all the things that I, you know, so you got to be careful what question you're asking and ask a good one. You know, if if, I always think of Samuel Jackson, you know, if you, if you're scared by my answers and see asking scary questions, you know, (laughs)
0: There you go. Well, ask a scary, ask a scary question, get a scary answer or ask an empowering question, get an an empowering answer. The other thing is I think I can see some people stepping into a space of fear about like just even fathoming that there could be something else other than pills. But what I really see through this movement is that you're actually giving people permission to consider something else. And And
1: not all of it's woo woo. Like some of it's like you're eating crap for food. Ah, you're not eating good food. And when you start eating the right foods, you automatically increase your health level and take away so many of the issues like depression, anxiety, and all that kind of stuff. Or you're working a job that you hate and you're forcing yourself to do it. Well, why are you doing that? Make a change, you know, or you're, you know, you're in a relationship that's based on your childhood wounded patterns, you know, or some past life karma. I got stories about that. But you know, I, I mean, really, you, you can make choices. So not all of it's like go get a spirit healing. You know, that's that's, <laughs> just, that's on the that's on the totally right end of the scale, and it totally works. And uh, I am proof of that. So, but there's other stuff in between. There's acupuncture. There's just different modalities that you know you wouldn't even get constellation healings like with uh, mm-hmm. Gary Gary Stewart. You know, all kinds of amazing things that even if it didn't like. Even if all you did was got completely entertained by the experience and felt better, okay, you go get a massage, right? I mean, what's what? wrong with that? will not you want the experience of it?
0: Absolutely. Okay, so Carrie, we are down to the very end of the show. Uh, is is there in like ten seconds? Is there anything 10 <laughs> extra? Ten seconds.
1: <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> hummingbird.com. <laughs> gift and you know tune in uh, to soul nectar uh show as well because there's lots of amazing people on that show that will inspire you to take that journey to purpose don't give up on yourself solve the puzzle you're unique you're beautiful you're a diamond covered up with some crap so you know get a broom out and sweep it up let's go nice for <laughs> oh i love it. Okay, well, thank you so much for being my guest today, Carrie.
0: So you've been listening to Every Day is a New Day. I'm your host, Kim O'Neill. And if you'd like to stay tuned about future shows I have coming up, you can find me on Facebook at Kim O'Neill Coaching. And O'Neill is O-N-E-I-L-L. Or go to my website, KimO'NeillCoaching.com. And you'll see that I do personal coaching as well as interview coaching, supporting heart center professionals and making sense of the chaos in their heads so they can stand more confidently in their power and then some. Remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And until then, bye for now.